0: Welcome B-Movie fans to this week's B-Movie Chat. Today we will be discussing the genres of science fiction and fantasy. Science fiction stories will often take us into the future, showing us how societies will change and the roles that technology advancement will play in shaping this future. Fantasy, on the other hand, takes us to an entirely different world, where the rules and laws of nature may not be the same as as in our reality. Both genres take us into unfamiliar territory, while taking different approaches to get there. However, the question we must ask are, does science fiction have to take place in the future? Can a fantasy story take place within our world? Can a story have magic and still be called science fiction? What other elements differentiate the two genres? And where exactly does the line between them exist? And in the end, can the same message be delivered from from two different styles of stories? Joining us today in this chat is YouTuber and film critic Charles Schoenberg, better known as SF Debris. Charles, welcome to our show.
1: Thank you. Glad to be here.
0: Nice having you on. So this is one I've been thinking about a, for a while because it seems there's a lot of crossover within science fiction and fantasy like there is I guess what's been known as sci-fi fantasy and no one's real no one seems to be quite sure on like the different like what exactly differentiates them so figure today we can kind of help
1: solve that little mystery oh no problem why don't you give me a hard one now I think that uh... If we're going to address this kind of thing, you're kind of hitting the nail on the head there, which is talking about the crossover and talking about the, uh, the idea of what could it be, what can't it be. Maybe what the problem we're having is that we're um, focusing so much on examples more than taking it back to first principles and um, deriving from them maybe a greater understanding of what speculative fiction really is. Um, Because we all know that Lord of the Rings and Star Trek are two vastly different things. But how are they different, really? I think it's more than just um, this label that we're putting on there. I assume you're not colorblind, right? Nope,
0: not as far as I know, unless everybody's been lying to me.
1: (laughs) So if I held up a card to you that was green and that was another that was blue, and I said point to the green one, you'd point to a 10 out of 10. But at the same time... We all know that there's really no distinct point where green ends and blue begins. It's all kind of fuzzy when you get right down to it. So I think that maybe that's where we're hanging up on is the fact that it's not really so much the distinction so much as a common spectrum that these things all exist upon. And when you approach it from that way, maybe it reveals a bit more about the nature of science fiction and fantasy.
0: That's an interesting point. I never really quite thought of it that way. I always kind of like tried to figure out like what is a science fiction and what is a fantasy, and not like never really viewed it on a spectrum. But it's
1: basically, if if you look at a lot of examples, um, one one general way of describing it is that science fiction is what could be, but isn't. Whereas fantasy is what can't be and yet is in the context of the story. So if you think about it, some things are more plausible, for lack of a better term, than others on a spectrum um, like that. If you, put, if you have, say, like an axis or something with one end that you just call science fiction and the other you call fantasy, there are all these points in between them that describe um, the degrees one way or the other that they are towards that Um, and thus really what it is is that science fiction or fantasy isn't an absolute so much as a relativistic thing. It's more or less science fiction only when compared to another speculative fiction work.
0: A lot of people talk about Star Wars and whether or not that's a science fiction or a sci-fi fantasy so that's kind of like the midpoint on the spectrum I guess between the two of them where it'd be one of them Star Wars kind of has magic with the force and everything and it doesn't exactly take place in the future because it takes place a long time ago in a galaxy far far away so i'd like to say that's like a good midpoint between
1: the two that's a certain certainly a way to look at it but i'm also thinking that if we again take this back to first principles we all also think that when we look at star wars however much we talk about the force and all that Pretty much everybody, if they were to sum up Star Wars, would probably say science fiction first. If you wanted to get specific, you might say science fantasy or space opera, but generally science fiction because of robots and spaceships and and all of those kinds of things that are clearly science fiction. And yet you bring up the Force, which can be seen as magic. It doesn't necessarily have to be, but it could be. So I think that um, when we look at it, we also have to add a second access to this, that uh, is perpendicular to the one that we have that talks about the level of technology that is presented in the work, where the intersection point is our current level of tech. And then if we picture it as kind of a graph paper, that up would be more advanced technology and lower than that would be more primitive technology. And in that context, then, we could um, say that Star Wars is in... Um, The upper portion of it is just debatable whether it's on the right, which would be um, space science fiction, or on the left, which would be space fantasy, as opposed to on the bottom, which would be historical fantasy and historical science fiction. Um, That way it divorces then the concepts of the setting with the concepts of the work itself. Well, I think that once you... um look at it that way and couch it in those terms, then I think that what, you're, what you see then is that the things that we talk about are really just um, a veneer that we put over the tops of these things. There's a, uh, a skin, if you will, that um, is on there that's only surface deep. It may be an important um, thing to us, but in the end, all it really is is the surface to a concept whether it's an advanced technology or an advanced form of magic. I mean, that's the whole idea of the Clark's Law, right? You can't tell one from the other if it's advanced enough.
0: That's true, yeah. So overall, I guess the um, the main story and the themes are the most important and um, just how to get to that point. Like I, I'd say if the author has a certain theme or a certain like lesson that they're trying to get a, get across – Using the use of, techno- of advanced technology may be the best way of doing it, or even the use of magic, lots of times metaphorically, would serve their purpose. So maybe it is more of a superficial kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I'm not, not, again, not saying it's not important. It is the um, vital component of it. I'm, I'm just saying that by stripping that um, veneer away and looking underneath at the guts of it, we can perhaps um, better understand the connection between various works. Um, that might not necessarily be apparent upon the initial viewing because of those surface elements that are in place there.
2: If a work that has been done in the past that was science fiction, and our science surpasses that, or our technology surpasses what was once science fiction, does that cease to be science fiction and just become a work of fiction? Or do we still call that science fiction?
1: I guess it would depend upon how much it adheres to the idea of being plausible. Like, for instance, um, a Buck Rogers sort of thing, it would depend upon what kind of things that they might view the future as. If they see it that you can walk on the moon without a spacesuit, then obviously that um, is more fantasy than science fiction. But um, if um, other aspects like. Um, Rockets that work on reactionary principles are still just as much science fiction. I think
0: makes sense. It seems like with fantasy, there's the the most important thing, at least in my experience reading fantasies, is building the world. Like um, Lord of the Rings had such an intricate world, and where Tolkien. Designed everything. He made like different myths, religions, uh, races, all sorts of things, different cultures, and it was and that was the most important thing. Whereas if you read a story by like Asimov, where where the society is how it's built is important. A lot of it's based on how it how it's advanced from now, like how the technology runs and how the technology kind of dictates the world and the laws and things like that. So it seems like they're both world building but they take it from a different perspective. One, you have to start from scratch where basically you're god and making every little thing, whereas the other one, you start out with um, a machine and how things kind of spawn off that machine.
2: Well, I mean, a very wonderful um, science fiction as far as world building and everything and what you said about Tolkien um, would to be look at the original 1985 Tron, Disney's Tron. They built this entire world you know, of what it would be like to live inside of the computer. And I, that movie, so much for the, the background visuals as the, uh, the action and the story and the, uh, the science and technology part of it, it is wonderful. But is that, um, is that more of a science fiction or more of a fantasy if you're saying that fantasy is you know, about the world building and about the society and how things are run? It is a very technological movie, but it's about that world. Yeah, but even that world spans from the uh, computers and everything,
0: so it still starts at technology.
1: Well, of course, the most common thing, uh, or, I'm sorry, the most important thing with the these kinds of places that are getting further and further distant is uh, getting the audience to buy into it. It's selling people on the lie. You sou- um, surround your lie with as much realistic-sounding truth as possible to make them accept the lie along with everything else. In this case, the willingness to accept into whatever your fantasy is by surrounding it with verisimilitude.
0: Like I guess fantasy, everything has to stem from some kind of... Um, it kind of stems from the real world, but in a world that certain things are changed, like the existence of magic or magical creatures, and then you build a, like, I I think most, the best uh, fantasies are if you take certain natural laws or add, like, certain mythical creatures to basically history, how would that world develop? And it's, I think the best ones are ones that really build an entire intricate um, society or many societies with different with a history based on things that have changed things like um different elements that
2: were that aren't actually in ours so like a splintered universe from ours where at some point in history you know this creature came into existence or in in our case like it went extinct in our universe but stayed on in the other one kind of
0: yeah but like when everything was um, created there were like differences in that like completely changed how the overall was formed
1: Uh, there certainly is a great deal uh, um, to be said about having to uh, or having the uh, options there that you can explore um, based upon those things that were the the concept of myths and evolving them the concept of uh, lost creatures and evolving them and um, building around them Um, I mean, it's even going on uh, today with uh, Dinotopia, for instance, taking this modern discovery, really, because dinosaurs were only discovered in the 19th century, and um, building um, a fantasy kind of world upon these things that give it a legendary and mythic quality to it sounds um, uh, quite a bit like what you're talking about, Um, even though it's, it's based on things that are hard facts dinosaurs existed they've um turned a fantasy out of it
0: in a weird way the more we discover like like i said with dinosaurs existing or just other creatures that we didn't know exist in our world it's almost like our world would be a fantasy to people in the past because like who would have thought i guess like centuries ago that these giant like lizard creatures were walking around like it's just kind of insane to a lot of people but it's even though it's real, it's like almost like we're living in the fantasy of yesterday, but at the same point, we're also kind of like living in a science fiction because of all the technology we have that they didn't.
1: Well, just imagine if you went back to um, 1987, just 30 years ago, and showed them an iPhone and tried to explain to them what it does if it doesn't have any power in it. You would be locked up as a mad person. You know, you tell them, oh, this thing right here that looks kind of like a crushed box of playing cards, it's actually a phone and also a computer, and it plays music and shows movies, and I can talk to people all over the world.
2: That's, have, have you ever seen the movie Iron Sky?
1: No, I haven't.
2: Um, it's about n- Nazis on the dark side of the moon, and actually that, that happens in the movie. Uh, the one uh, United States astronaut you know, is talking with the one Nazi scientist, and um, they're trying to get their base to like fly off of the moon, and the the scientist is like, you know, this is the most powerful computer we have, and it's like three stories tall, you know, this and that, and he's like, it has five hundred twelve megabytes of memory or something, and the guy like pulls like is telling him about his phone. And he's like, well this this is a computer too. It it's got like eight gigabytes of memory and they like scoff at him. Like and they really like it's it's so disbelievable to, to them, you know, that the greatest minds of their community had been working for half a century and have come nowhere close to what the rest of well, the earth itself had done.
1: Well, I'm sold. I'll have to see this movie now.
0: Definitely an interesting one. <laughs> One thing I was thinking about was just the very concept of magic. Like I was once asked, what is magic by um, a teacher I had in high school. And I said, well, magic is cause without a proper effect. It's or an effect without a proper cause. Like you might turn um, something, a person into a frog by waving a wand, but the cause shouldn't, shouldn't make the effect. So I think that, one thing is, in a fantasy, um, that's okay, because that's just kind of how the world works. But if you were to have a science fiction, you would then have to explain, like, how doing that changed, turned somebody into a frog. Like, all the um, the physics, physics laws and just what came out of the wand and everything like that. Like, the movie, um, what was it The Fly, where the guy turns into the... Um, into a fly, yeah, yeah, into the like the half fly thing. It's like yes. they like they explain it with like magic science, where they just say it's science and it's not really. They don't go into any further thing. It's basically a, a reverse the polarity thing, where
2: it doesn't really mean anything, but it sounds science-y, so they can claim it's not magic. But I was watching a movie recently where they said reverse the polarity. Now I can't remember what it was, but like I was so excited when they said it. But I, I believe the proper answer that your teacher was looking for was a trading gar- card game. Created in the late 1980s by a man named Garfield. Yeah, maybe.
0: I got full points for my really... answer.
1: <laughs> well, I think that goes back to the point, though, about the um, that is the veneer to it. Like for for example, if I told you that um, there was a story um, about s- space pirates, and uh, on board it was a it, it was a human crew, but also there were a whole bunch of aliens on board, and there was a genetically enhanced creature. Uh, creature like uh, in Dune the, um, that allows you to travel faster than light with the ship, you would say that's science fiction, right?
0: Uh, yeah, I guess so.
1: But what if we if we changed it so that instead of being aliens, those um, other creatures with the humans on the ship with ray guns and, and um, all all the other sci-fi trappings also happen to include dwarves, satyrs, centaurs, all in battle suits and all that stuff, and the creature that allows faster-than-life travel is actually an elf with a magical ability to do that. Even though we'd be inclined to say it's fantasy because it's clearly got magic in there, what actually has changed in that to make it any different than before?
2: My question to that is, is the ship still like a a rocket ship, or is it now... Because of all these different creatures, is it some sort of wooden-based structure or some kind of tree or something that they grew? I think that's what would make the big difference as to whether that would be truly a sci-fi or truly a fantasy. Was the ship built of technology, or or is it just in, or was it built magically or enhanced magically, but as a technological base?
1: It is um, for this example. Let's say it is completely the same as before, all metal. Everyone wears spacesuits when they go outside. There are specially created spacesuits for the centaurs, of course, um, for when they go out there. They have uh, all the sci-fi trappings, radios, everything, except that everyone knows that scientifically it's impossible to travel faster than light, which is why they rely on magic for that.
2: I mean, it it sounds like a pretty badass uh, rendition of the X-Men cartoon show from the 1990s. I mean, I'm all on board for that being a science fiction um, mainly because it it takes place outside of the scope of Earth. Yeah, but same point is it does that mean a fantasy
0: can't take place in space? So I guess yeah, it's real weird. It's like um, I think it was Clark's law that states like anything that's that's beyond our understanding is um, labeled magic until we understand it or however that goes. It's real weird because when something is too advanced has to come off as just magic we're just kind of calling it something else so yeah that's a good point like um well even x-men in that like the way evolution works isn't really evolution so it's just kind of you know that's a form of magic too when you really think about it even though it's biological it's no one can really evolve to you know like manipulate the weather or anything like that like that breaks the laws
2: of physics but it um it 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 calls itself science but but it's not um, this whole example makes me think of an anime Outlaw Star where there's a, you know, bi- biologically engineered android that, you know, connects with the ship in some way. Like, there's no physical connection um, to make it do things that other ships cannot do um, in space. And, uh, again, like, that could be classified as magic because there's no real coherent way or reason or explanation as to why that happens but as a space odyssey, you know it's just one of those things that it it just it's it's not terrestrial. Like things can happen outside of the scope of Earth, but if they're if they're taking place in space, like planetary interplanetary travel and stuff, things like that, using ships and not just magically transporting from place to place, it's science fiction. Now take a different scope of that. Um, for example, Stargate. It's an ancient technology that they're using, which they go, they walk through it, and they're instantly transported to another place using wormholes, which, you know, through in one society or another, and as believed by some of the societies throughout the Stargate universe, is a form of magic. Now, I do understand that there are ships and other things and that going on, but I, I find Stargate falls more on the fantasy side of a science fiction than the science fiction part because it's not something totally understood. It's something that we're making a lot of guesses at. You know, we, they try to decipher it. And I know there was a whole show and stuff where they did have things deciphered or whatnot. But I believe that something like that, although it's the same concept, travel from from place to place, you know, it's all humans or aliens or whatnot and current technology but that's that's a lot more fantasy to me than science fiction
1: right and but again it all comes down to the idea now that um what it is is simply a relative you can certainly say that it would fall on the left of the axis of uh, um science fiction and fantasy but that's only um relative to the other works that would be against it there it would be um far far distant from say um, life the universe and everything which would be um, also in the advanced technology idea that um, Stargate has but much 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 further down the line towards fantasy because of all of the unrealistic elements to it that are um, inexplicable. I can I see why that is but I just think that if we look at it that um, we, we should um, always keep in mind that it's an issue of relative and really more just of an intellectual way of examining things to perhaps um, better appreciate the insights that it might provide for us
0: makes sense now here's something i was just thinking about was um the idea of time travel in general time travel as far as i've been able to to read isn't actually possible like technology can't advance to that point because it breaks the laws of physics so in a, in a science fiction like there are so many different um, time traveling stories, and they all have their own explanation. But according to what we know of science, those wouldn't actually work. And then you get people who will write like all these all these like reasons why it won't work. So since that has a cause, I mean an effect that where the cause doesn't match up, would time travel in general be considered a form of magic? just because yes they might call it science but like you were saying it's all a veneer of um how you want to dress it up so it does kind of seem like that in general with time travel could could actually fall into um fantasy if you kind of just stop calling it science in a way if that makes any sense
1: sure but um if you do that, I think that basically what you're saying at that point is that magic is the term to use for anything that is not possible. So, for instance, then um, Ringworld would have magic in it because scrimth is impossible. So, in, in that, if, if we apply to that same kind of reasoning and, and um, to that, then I would say that, yeah, just calling time travel magic... Um in the in the way it is applied mostly, wouldn't um certainly be apt so long as we were willing to be consistent with this um usage.
0: Now that I think about it, does science does science fiction have to be thing I guess it'd be impossible to really know, but does science fiction have to be completely accurate to still be science fiction? It it once again, like it kinda it's what you were saying where it's basically how you how you dress it up, like how you describe it, but you can make arguments for it to be on either side of the spectrum or anywhere on it. It really is kind of a dichotomy where anything could really fall in either category, but there are different um, side, different points of the spectrum. So it's, it's left up to interpretation,
2: there. which is yeah. part of the beauty of science fiction and fantasy, is because it's so unreal, it, it leaves a lot for you as the, as the viewer, as the reader... As the person experiencing it to fill in the blanks or you know imagine yourself before after and even during but in a different place of what is going on
0: these are the questions that keep me up at night <laughs> so here's an, here's another odd question, but since and i don 't want to get too philosophical and i don 't want to get too religious on this one, but the idea of God is a concept that we still don't fully understand and we don't and whatever God is is beyond what we can create or really quantify so would the idea of God if we can't fully explain what it is would the idea of God need to be absent from science fiction in order for it to work or can science fiction kind of work around that?
2: I just want to, want to know what you guys would think of that one. Um, I honestly, you know, I, I'm, I'm a practicing Catholic, but, you know, I, I'm realistic, you know, that there could possibly be a being out there, but it also could just be a fantasy that someone has made up in order to give people hope or belief or explanations as to why things happen. But to answer your question directly of, can science fiction get around that, um, I think that we both know the answer to that is yes because of a certain two episodes of Doctor Who um, with David Tennant um, where they explain that, you know, somewhere out in the universe there were these beings. Um, why can I not think of the, the, the title of the episode? Talking about the Satan Pit? Yeah, the Satan Pit where there is a being that has influenced cultures throughout the universe to believe in at least one side. And if you believe that there is this thing that could be ultimate evil, you must therefore, you know, or you would come up with this thing that must be ultimate good or the opposing force to that.
1: The Impossible Planet.
2: That's it. The Impossible Planet and the Satan Pit. Those are the uh, Those are episodes. good episodes. Man. I love the Ood. The Ood are so fun. They're so adorable. They're like <laughs> naked cats.
1: The Ood abides. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or one of those just, like, uniquely adorable creatures of the universe.
0: I always liked them. They were, they're so helpless.
2: And I just I, I do like them better with the little like spherical orb thing than with their actual auxiliary brain. That's just weird. <laughs> yeah. But Charles what was your what was your thought on that. Oh, I was
1: hoping that we could avoid the whole God thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I don't, don't want to get uh, like,
0: all all philosophical and religious. It was just, like, an idea that I was... I think about sometimes, I'm like, well, how would... They, like, would it actually work, or, like... Because I've seen a lot of science fictions. Um, I think of um, Deep Space Nine where there was this people that worshipped the, um... What was it? Um, I'll think of it later. They worshipped this one um, thing in space and there was a scientific explanation for it, but you don't quite know exactly what it was. So, I think it left kind of some mystery, and I think some of those are, as far as religion goes, some those are some of the best um, science fictions where they'll see something and they won't exactly know what it is, and it kind of leaves you guessing of like, is it or is it not like something more than we understand?
2: But then, I mean, you could go back to something like you know, I keep using Stargate as an example here. Um, but stargate ra is you know one of the egyptian gods and ra was actually an alien that traveled from planet to planet enslaved people and at to some degree advanced their technology and uh, did things that were impossible for them to do otherwise yeah but wouldn't um the fact that it's
0: an alien like mean that it wasn't a god it was just um something greater in fact then again i guess what would god be so. something greater yeah yeah but that's and <laughs> that's ultimately, and, like a creator of some sort so i guess it would be a god to you but not to something else like uh, it's yeah that brings in the whole question of it's a, what is god. It's a very fuzzy topic yeah, yeah this is like one of those things where i, I apologize for bringing this up just it, it there's so <laughs> many depths to this like because uh, if you answer one question it raises like five more
2: so and 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 to those out there that say well if god exists then because you know nobody has seen it then there must be a flying spaghetti monster i say to them please prove to me that there's a flying spaghetti monster and i will eat it i love spaghetti and that would just be the greatest find in all of history anything else i don't
1: eat monsters out of common courtesy because i don't want them to eat me so i figure it's only fair that i return the favor
2: it's true (laughs) Could be a
0: race of um, aliens who use human meat as a delicacy. So I don't want to piss them off. I but. mean, when,
2: when some of my friends and I were playing Dungeons and Dragons in college, uh, we had to fight a pizza golem. We uh, we asked our DM if we could if we could eat it to regain health that we lost during the fight, and he was like, "Sure, roll a, you know, roll a Constitution." And um, three out of the four of us rolled, you know, a two or higher to eat it and our one friend rolled a one and uh, burned his tongue and lost ex- lost more health.
0: The dangers of role-playing games.
2: Which, are, which in and of themselves could be fantasy or science fiction. Yeah. There are lots of science fiction and lots of fantasy role-playing games out there. Anything else on your end, Charles, that you would uh, like to propose or discuss or anything?
1: I would say that I think basically we've covered the... Uh Importance of it. I guess the the only thing to really add at this point is that the purpose of um, this identification should definitely be only um, to enhance our enjoyment and not to be used as as a tool to marginalize genres within science fiction or fantasy um, that we don't particularly care for. You know, it's like the difference between using anthropology to great, gain a greater understanding about humanity versus using it as a means of perpetuating your uh, racist beliefs. You know, it's it, the tool can be used for good or for bad here. I think that if we can draw anything from this, perhaps it could be a greater appreciation for how much overlap there is between um, all the different aspects of this medium that, that we've got here that, uh, that uh, the fandoms should uh, recognize. Hey, I don't have to uh, enjoy your type, but I don't have to look down on it either. Because we've got so much in common, after all.
2: Yeah, you know, one thing that I, I do have to add that um, I remember from my younger years is that um, they used to have science fiction, fantasy, and horror all looped together in the same section, like at the video store. Which you know, video stores are basically gone nowadays, but. Um, I mean, I I can fathom a reason why, but why do you think that those used to be categorized together, science fiction, fantasy, and horror?
1: Because they all have those commonalities, with exceptions in some aspects of horror. Saw, for instance, wouldn't really um, fit in with the others because that's really just about a guy who goes around killing people in creative ways. Eddie Kruger, for instance, is a magical creature when you get down to it. And so is an elf, and in a way, so is a Vulcan. I mean, a Vul- uh, or Mr. Spock, for example, cannot exist. the The result of a human and an alien ha- having um, a, a functional uh, offspring is not possible. So, all all three of them have this commonality in, in there. So, yeah, I can see why they would all be um, put together.
0: Because I often hear science fiction described as talking about s- current society by looking at the future and basically making parallels between a fictional world in the future to contemporary time. I don't think that all science fiction falls in that, but I do understand that is something that a lot of them try to do. Do you think fantasy can do the same or that really the um, the purpose of the two would be different? Or if, if there's even a purpose to, to telling a, like a a solid purpose to storytelling in genres at all. Like, I don't really know if there is, I guess I'm making an assumption there, but do you think that overall the same story can be told just with different means, one having magic, the other having, um, advanced science?
1: Yeah, I don't see anything inherent in science fiction when you put it that way, that, um, fantasy could not do equally well. I mean, if you want to talk about, um, Racism, for example. if you, you could do a future story about um, racism involving um, the subjugation of alien species by humanity, um, like in uh, District 9. Or you could have it um, in a fantasy setting where goblins are looked down upon by the other races and marginalized, despite um, efforts to the contrary to uh, um, not fall into the... Uh, Stereotypes that goblins fall into. You could use that as a uh, means as well, which um, Terry Pratchett was doing in his later Discworld books. So, um, yeah, I think it can go either way.
0: I guess to end this, I just want to ask you guys: um, What's your favorite fantasy, and what's your favorite um, science fiction? Kind of a big question, but just um, kind of getting to know so that we can figure out like um, what qualities they have that you can kind of compare them a little bit.
1: Well, um, science fiction, I'd have to say Star Wars because you never forget your first. And uh, Star Wars was my first science fiction, and uh, um it'll always have a special place in my heart for that. Um For fantasy, I would say, um it's a tough call, but I'm gonna go with Discworld and Terry Pratchett because it's so um, it's amazing how he's taken um, the concepts of it and evolved them. And use that to uh to explore um many different um concepts um that uh, it's it um it, it's really um, sh- shows uh just how great an insight um he had um into uh, his world and into to us as people
0: i do love the disc world series that was that was a phenomenal one it's also like he kind of points out that the things that are going on are kind of ridiculous, but they'll have these explanations for them that obviously can't really happen, like with dragons, how they're constantly in danger of a blowing up and things like that.
2: I think as far as science fiction goes, um, one, of my, one of my tops out there has to be um, The Thing. John Carpenter's The Thing. Um and I know that's that's more of a horror but it, it deals with aliens and things and if I had to pick like a true science fiction I'd have to say uh James Cameron's Aliens or yeah yeah it was James Cameron Yeah the ma- the master of uh of sequels. sequels Um as far as fantasy goes I I'm, I really like just couldn't couldn't think off the top of my head other than you know, the Lord of the Rings trilogy and a movie from the nineteen eighties called Conquest, which has a an extremely, uh, extremely lie of a um of a front cover where it's got like this guy shooting laser beams and all this other stuff, but it's this uh this quest of a um a man to get this other guy to vanquish this you know, warlord that's overtaken some mythical country. But, cool. yeah, I, I'm I'm really drawing a blank on fantasies tonight.
0: Yeah, well, as far as fantasy goes, I'm going to have to... It's cliched, but I have to go with Lord of the Rings. I just love the world that Tolkien created. Like, I don't think that... I know a lot of people have created worlds similar to that, but I think that Tolkien really... He really... Revolutionized fantasy in, a, in an interesting way by really creating just his entire world that was so interesting and had so much going on that I, I just love it. Plus I I read the books when I was a kid, so I'll always remember those. As far as um fa- as science fiction goes, I'm actually gonna go with Deep Space Nine. Um, I just I love that series, and it's the only Star Trek series I've seen every episode of. I've kind of watched. Um, various episodes of all the other ones but Deep Space Nine was just, the characters were so interesting and just everything that went on was just amazing So, um, Anything else you guys want to add? or? Nope I think that's, uh, that's about that Alright, well, yep, this has been fun um, Charles, thanks again for joining us This has uh, been a really fun to- topic that gives us a lot to think about Thanks for being here with us
1: No problem, happy to do
0: it
2: and all my i you the
1: hole, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.